1: Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show, and thanks for being with us. President Trump set to appear in a Fulton County courthouse this afternoon, where, as he put it, he'll be proudly arrested and where he'll face a 13-count indictment by the Marxist district attorney Fannie Willis. Trump will plead not guilty and has to post $200,000 in bail. President Trump's former attorney, Rudy Giuliani, turned himself in yesterday morning and had this to say about the case.
2: I'm feeling very, very good about it because I feel like I'm defending the rights of all Americans, as I did so many times as a United States attorney. People, people like to say I'm different. I'm the same Rudy Giuliani that took down the mafia, that made New York City the safest city in America, reduced crime more than any mayor in the history of any city, anywhere, and I'm fighting for justice. I have been from the first moment. I represented Donald Trump, and as a man. Has now been proven innocent several times. I don't know how many times he has to be proven innocent, and they have to be proven to be liars. Actually, enemies of our republic. We're destroying rights, sacred rights. They're destroying my right to counsel, my right to be a lawyer. They're destroying his right to counsel. It's not accidental that they've indicted all his lawyers. Never heard of that before in America. All the lawyers indicted. Now, whether you dislike or you like Donald Trump, let me give you a warning. It's going to come for you when the political winds shift, as they always do. Let us pray that Republicans are more honest, more trustworthy, and more American than these people in charge of this government. Because if our government is conducted this way, and the system of justice is politicized and criminalized for politics, your rights are in jeopardy and your children's. Donald Trump told you this. They weren't just coming for him or me they've indicted people in this case. I don't even know who they are. These are just regular people making a
1: normal living. They're going to bankrupt. They won't convince them. The return of COVID is here, and it's here just in time for the 2024 election season. And you know what that means. The Marxist Dems will be looking to lock down every business, every institution, every place of worship. We'll be wearing, or at least being called upon to wear masks and children will no longer be in their classrooms. And the Marxist Dems will be using their old tricks, including, of course, early mail-in voting. And there is a new report from the CDC saying the new BA 2.86 COVID strain is more capable than other variants in causing infection in people who have previously had COVID-19. Or, are you ready? Those who've already been vaccinated. You heard me correctly. You are more likely to get the new strain of COVID if you've been vaccinated. The CDC also saying a current increase in hospitalizations is not likely driven by this new variant. So here we go again. And none of this is stopping, of course, Joe Biden from launching his latest spending spree called Project Next Gen. It costs the taxpayers $1.4 billion, and the money goes toward a new generation of tools and technologies, they say, to protect against COVID-19 for years to come. Well, there it is. And a Daily Mail exclusive out yesterday shedding a brighter light on how the Biden's infiltration of the federal government has allowed them to get away with so much corruption. We reported to you earlier in the week that Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer demanded the National Archives turn over all documents and emails that refer to Joe Biden's pseudonyms. The Daily Mail now reporting a Delaware prosecutor named Alexander Mackler, who worked on investigating Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings, turns out he was so close, in fact, to the Biden family that he actually used Joe Biden's secret email address to talk with the president, Mackler is now the deputy attorney general of Delaware and worked as a campaign manager for Joe Biden's late son Beau's 2010 campaign for attorney general in Delaware. Let's go to our guest now. Joining us now is Tom Fitton. He is the president of Judicial Watch, one of the country's most important watchdog groups. Tom, great to have you back with us here on the Great America Show. We're watching this Department of Justice set some sort of record for malfeasance, corruption, and in-your-face, bald-face abuse of power. And no one is even remarking on what Merrick Garland has done here. It's incredible. Your thoughts, Tom?
0: You know, you're right. Uh, The Justice Department is in a state of ethical collapse. I mean, you've got two components of it uh, interrelated, two sides of the same coin. Uh, which is the abusive targeting of Trump, indicting him about nothing, essentially trying to jail him for having a different political point of view and policy view than Biden on elections, punishing him for disputing elections, and warning others: if you dispute elections, you'll go to jail too. And then the invert, you know, and and the other side of that coin is well, well, you know, let's go after Trump, and hopefully people are distracted from the Biden corruption. Right. And so I- you've got Garland and and Weiss and other senior officials at the justice department fbi's um irs caught red handed in obstructing and uh, and engaging in overt acts right uh to protect the biden's from any serious criminal investigation and uh, over the weekend that was exposed i guess hunter biden's people put out documents showing that uh the biden regime was prepared to issue no indictments against Hunter Biden until the IRS whistleblowers came forward and said there was obstruction of justice going on. And then they came up with this sweetheart plea deal that would have put him out to uh, mild tax crimes with no effective jail time and and a dangerously broad and unprecedented immunity agreement, given the circumstances. And so all that's happening and what do we get? We get another indictment of Trump down in, in Georgia. A, a, as if it could get worse, it did get worse because the Georgia indictment uh, stands out as being uh, a complete legal fiction uh, that has no basis in fact or law uh, in the sense that it alleges no criminal activity by Joe Biden, by, by President Trump, frankly, anyone else as best I could tell uh, that would subject these these innocents uh, to court process and and having their lives torn apart. It's a terrible state our country's in, and it's all election interference. And it's no, you know, now we know, you know, the, the Democrats in Fulton County want this trial to go on in the middle of next year. Uh, the Democrats in, in D.C. want the trial to begin the beginning of next year, right in the middle of the primary campaigns. I and mean, who, who are they fooling? Who are they fooling? Three
1: years and they wait till the primaries to start indicting. It's 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 stunning stuff. There's no doubt about it. I cannot get over Merrick Garland's move with David Weiss. That is an extraordinary <laughs> a, a piece of corruption and, and abuse of power right in front of the cameras and turn up the microphones, ladies and gentlemen, because here is Merrick Garland showing you just exactly how government, uh, corrupt government works. It's it it, and, and there is so little reaction
0: to it. You get, you get caught red-handed, engaged in um, being responsible for, in the least, uh, obstruction of justice, potentially, and you're rewarded with a prominent uh, position as a special counsel, even though you should be subject to investigation, uh, given the facts and circumstances that have been testified to by these IRS agents, investigators in, in Congress and elsewhere. Uh, and it's in your face, right? It's, you know, I keep on saying this goes back to the Obama way, right? It's catch me if you can. I'm going to do it. And you catch me if you can. And stop me if you can. And they think they can't be stopped. And, and you know, maybe from their perspective, that's not a bad bet.
1: Yeah, it's not one irrational or uh, it, it's certainly been their experience. So they're relying on experience and their judgment, which has been pretty uh, foolproof to this point, uh, because five years delay on the part of David Weiss, the U.S. Attorney for Delaware, uh, letting the statute of limitations run uh, on everything material, substantive I would, and most serious uh, in the way of uh, violations by Hunter Biden. Uh, and then to come back and name him the uh, it, the special counsel. I, I mean, that's you almost have to say, you know, if you're going to be a corrupt uh, official of the United States government, you, you're really setting blazing new paths, Merrick Garland. I mean, this almost deserves a salute of some kind. And I would guess it would be something a little more out of I shouldn't use the word salute, but, uh, <laughs> a gesture of some kind. Well, you know, and and it, it just further confirms, as
0: if we need further confirmation, but it dramatically confirms that the Justice Department is going to do nothing, right? They're, they're, they can't be trusted. They're in a state of ethical collapse. They're, they're literally trying to jail Trump immediately while uh, engaging in unprecedented uh, maneuverings and machinations to protect the Biden um, crime family. And so, you know, what do you do in those circumstances? Well, you see what powers are available in Washington, D.C. to enforce the world law. Obviously, the Justice Department and the President has got powers uh, over the executive branch, but the legislative branch has powers as well. And so everything we're complaining about, and I would dare say even the indictments in New York and, and Georgia, uh, Congress can curtail or stop, certainly in Washington, D.C., stop completely. They can uh, defund the Justice Department's prosecutions of Trump and other innocents. They can uh, require the appointment of a serious special counsel investigation. You know, it's not going to be perfect, but better than what it is now that's broad-based in nature uh, through funding mechanisms. They can also... Uh, require the impeachment of Trump to, you know, there's going to be a big government funding fight, right? You know, at the end of the year, if, if passed as any prologue. And so people fight, well, I want this in, otherwise the government will shut down. Mm-hmm. Well, I would suggest those are the sorts of things they want in. For instance, I want an impeachment inquiry, otherwise I'm not funding government. Or dare I say it, I want Biden to resign, otherwise I'm not funding this government. And if people were serious, they'd be back in town right now Debating these issues and figuring out ways to ensure the rule of law is upheld and our republic is protected, but instead they're in the middle of a seven-week congressional recess that doesn't end for three more weeks. It doesn't come; they don't get back until September twelfth. Lou, yeah, I
1: I don't understand why Kevin. I, I shouldn't say I don't. I don't understand entirely why Kevin McCarthy doesn't have the spine the guts the sense of responsibility and and duty to bring that special session of congress right now and begin the impeachment inquiry there is nothing here we're not it's not a court of law is it it's it's not even a, a matter of a formula in the uh, in in congressional procedure this is a known criminal in the white house We have evidence of all sorts of wrongdoing and corruption, not just on Hunter Biden's part, but on the person who was providing the influence that they peddled. And there is no more, no clear circumstance that I've ever seen before an impeachment proceeding whether it be Nixon or the, or, or or Johnson uh, it, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous that they cannot bring themselves to muster the courage and the defense of principle and and right and wrong uh, writ large over the nation's capital they're scared to death aren't they
0: yeah fear based decision making has kind of been a big issue in washington d c these past few years and uh, and I understand politically and, and believe it or not, i'm a, I'm a nice guy, Lou. I know
1: you're a nice guy,
0: <laughs> and I'm sympathetic to the concerns that the boy, the politics of impeachment may not inert to the benefit of the Republicans. but that isn't the point, isn't it? You know, and I understand that may be the case, but I don't see how someone who has sworn an oath to uphold the constitution in Congress can do anything other than that, pursue impeachment against Joe Biden and others. I, it's like they don't have a choice, right? And it and may not work out the way they want and they may lose in the Senate or whatever, uh, but that process is important. And I think the American people want accountability. And I think the danger, and I would say the, uh, the, the, the opposite of that analysis is that politically, if they keep on complaining about Biden corruption and don't do anything about it, they're obviously gonna you know, people are gonna kind of become immune to the criticisms and you know, and discount them. But secondly, those who support Republicans and might be more likely to vote for them are gonna be less likely to vote for them because they're gonna see inaction in the face of corruption like we've never seen in history. I've jokingly said, and I, I don't know if it's true anymore. Uh, because he may be slightly more corrupt, that Joe Biden is the most corrupt president since he was vice president.
1: (laughs) Well, he's taking care of two offices for sure uh, (laughs) in one uh, corrupt fell swoop. Uh, We're talking with Tom Fenton, president of Judicial Watch. We're going to take up the issue of just how corrupt this administration is. If you don't have a good, good understanding of it yet, this will be the time. And also... What does that make uh, the Republican Party if it doesn't choose to assert itself and to right the wrongs that are absolutely dominating the D.C. swamp? We'll be right back. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad free? Good news. We're back. We're talking with our good friend Tom Fenton, the president of Judicial Watch. Tom, I just want to turn to the Republican role here and try to understand it, because we know that uh, these the heads of these three committees uh, investigating committees uh Jim Jordan obviously also chairs the judicial the uh, judiciary and the subcommittee on weaponization uh, along with Jason Smith at Ways and Means and uh, James Comer at House Oversight they're doing terrific work they've done better I think in many respects than uh, uh than I thought not as well as I had hoped but better than I thought Yeah, that's my judgment. Yours? What is your? I agree, and I think they've smartly, for instance, released information as they
0: found it, as opposed to waiting, uh, as opposed to waiting for a report a year and a half from now. So there has been a little bit more urgency than has typically been um, um, followed by prior Republican investigations. And you know, I I guess you know where they're falling. Where they're falling is the unwillingness to kind of pursue the accountability part of it. And if I were them from the beginning, I would have said, look, we're going to be doing hearings and investigations, but it's all because we're in the penalty phase, right? We've got an impeachment inquiry going on. And we're gathering facts and evidence related to impeachment. And that would have escalated it immediately legally and politically and and I think policy-wise as well. And um Instead, though, you know, they're still doing this, This, and I don't mean Jordan and Comer, you know, I kind of could guess where they stand if they were asked directly, uh, but certainly Speaker McCarthy is, uh, and it doesn't go forward without his explicit support, I think, Correct. is, uh, you know, doing this Hamlet like, you know, to be or not to be with respect to an impeachment inquiry. I think the only Hamlet to be or not to be is. Whether we vote to impeachment or not in, after this inquiry is completed, but there should be an I mean, there's no question theres an inquiry needed. Now people can decide whether to vote at the end of the process
1: exactly, but you
0: can't you got to get that process going. and it's inexcusable in my view that it hasn't happened yet. and i and frankly, even the let's take the corruption out of it, Lou. i mean you you're you're an expert more than most on Government spending and our economic, our economy and the threats to it and they're way for two, two months. As we're facing another quote, fiscal cliff,
2: mm-hmm.
0: inflation is becoming almost a um, endemic and 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 long, you know, it's going to be part of the economy forever and a day if, as long as the left is running the show and nothing's done about it from Congress. And um, so you have got this profligate spending, inflating that inflation that is becoming a uh, a perpetual threat. And Congress is away for two months, as they're, and they're going to come back and argue, um, spend s- s- six weeks fighting about whether just to let it continue to operate as it's been operating in the last ten years, <laughs> but even worse at increased rates in terms of government spending. So it, to me, it, it's a big fail all around, and um, it's exceedingly frustrating. But thankfully, I'm over at Judicial Watch, so at least we can do what we can do, right? Which is sue. We just sued the CIA for its role in the uh, effort to uh, interf- interfere in the election in 2020 by right. putting out that false information about the Hunter Biden laptop by suggesting it was Russia disinformation.
1: The famous. The famous 51 or infamous 51 uh, Intel veterans who signed on, five former CIA directors among them. Uh, and God bless you for doing that. Uh, and they and, and have to ask the question why didn't someone anywhere act? Why in the world uh, isn't that within the purview of the Republican Party to have done so in the instant? I mean, the moment it was uh, October, I, I'm going to say somewhere around October 24th that that occurred. Uh, it was a shield for uh, for Joe Biden, and it changed the outcome. One can argue that it changed the outcome of that election in and of itself because it gave him a shield in the debate with President uh, Trump. Yes,
0: and there's information that's come out of Congress So I know because we reviewed it, you know, um, and highlighted it in the press release about our lawsuit You know, Congress knows some of the details about what the CIA was up to. A, they rushed the approval of this letter because if you have a a security clearance, sometimes you have to get approval from your agency before, you know, the agency that's granted it if you're going to start making noises about classified judgments uh, or the judgments that are potentially classified. So the CIA rushed it through for these Democrats and leftists. And then it looks like there was at least someone in the CIA who was pushing for people to sign the letter. So uh, you have the left complaining about the CIA for decades, you know, interfering in elections abroad, uh, but here we have evidence they interfere here at home. And this is evidence that Congress has and they've done nothing with. And I, I'm getting tired of it. I'm just getting tired of it. You know, I, Judicial Watch can release documents and do reports, Lou. We're a nonprofit, we're a non-governmental organization. We, we can't prosecute anyone. We can't defund anyone. We can't impeach anyone. You know, but Congress can get all of that done in part and they don't want to and um, instead they just want to, you know, mimic judicial watch, which is fine. You know, flattery (laughs) is great Uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but they got to do more and um, I think they recognize that Uh, that's why I think. for all of my criticism, you know, McCarthy is, is politically attuned to what's good for his interests, right?
1: And I'd say highly attuned.
0: <laughs> and he's, the fact he's mentioning the I-word is a remarkable development. So let's push him to do the right thing, you know? They you oftentimes me? politicians won't do the right thing unless pushed and pressured by the voting public. And the people who are concerned and, and who are listening right now, if they're, cons- if they share, you know, share your views to be direct, share your views wherever they are by calling your member of Congress. And the number is easy to remember. It's 202-225-3121, 202-225-3121. And the operator will ask who you want to talk to. You say, I want to talk to so and so, your member of Congress or one of your two senators. And then tell them what you think. Be, be polite, but be direct.
1: Yeah no i think that is sage advice uh, and we will uh we will follow uh your suggestion we'll put that number up on every uh, social media we've got uh, every website every whatever we've got to communicate uh, in, in this country uh it's it is at the at the very least dumbfounding to me that there is no passion in uh, In this Congress, I saw great passion uh, on uh, at the beginning and the vote for the speaker. I I mean, it was a remarkable moment in American history to watch that negotiation uh, in in the House of Representatives for the speakership. Fifteen votes. And I mean, people were actually out there, you know, banging their fists and they were in each other's faces, nose to nose. And we haven't seen that since, in my opinion. And why yeah. did how could we lose it? Because they should be on C SPAN every night doing all of their business, all that they legitimately can, in the full view of the American people. This is outrageous stuff that they've revealed. Uh, it is on its face enough to proceed with, at the very least, uh, an impeachment inquiry, as you say. Uh, what are we to do? I I think the political
0: mistake they've made, and I don't want to belabor it because it is just a political analysis. So, you know, who knows if I'm right or not. But, you know, I know there it's a it's a it's a relatively small majority for Republicans. Right. So on kind of policy issues, there might be kind of a rub. You know, there there could be just some dissent and discord within the caucus. Right. And, you know, I can understand a speaker and the leadership having to manage that. On the other hand, when it comes to like battling government corruption and demanding transparency and accountability, uh, they should have made the decision early on. We're going to operate as if we have a sixty-seat majority, and we're just going to run, run it through, impeachment, whatever it is we need to do. We're going to, we're just going to get it done, and we're not going to let you know the typical moderate versus conservative Republican fight get in the way of this because. We're all on the same page here, and that's where I think the leadership missed the opportunity uh, to to take hold of that and because I think they would have had strong support as you suggest early on, but instead it's just kind of meandered and i I don't know about you, Lou I mean you know, I'm sure you talk to members, including members who are typically friendly to us on these issues uh, the, the, you know talk about listless folks they don't know what to do. Did you use the l word? I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're talking about Governor DeSantis's uh, listless <laughs> vessels that uh, he I can't, he, can't he help. Called called all of us who are consider ourselves America first uh, uh, Americans uh supporting Donald Trump uh you know I, I wouldn't like being called a listless vessel no matter who I was supporting uh, what a silly nonsensical thing but that's the we're in, officially in the silly season when the when the profound issues the uh, the ones that uh Tom and I are discussing right now well you, you
0: you you raised the presidential campaign I did it I know and I and, and, and I, I want and I want you know, and my criticism of the Republicans in Congress applies also to the leaders, to the Republicans seeking the member, the presidency. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've seen a lack of imagination and a lack of leadership on these corruption issues. We're and, um, you know, at best, it's like, oh, we got to let the process lay out or what's going on is bad. You know, we can't wait for them to, quote, win the nomination. And we all know how that's going to turn out for many of them. Uh, you know, they need to be demanding what we're demanding, right? They need to be taking leadership to try to save the country now. We can't wait. Who among could them be in
1: the ja- could be in jail at, during the middle of next year As soon, as soon as the middle of next year? We're going to take up this next question that I utter uh, right after this quick break. Who among them does Judicial Watch's Tom Fenton believe is truly a leader? There are eight of them. I can't wait to hear Tom's answer. Can you? Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: As you write your life story, you're
1: far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We're back with our friend Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch. All right, let's, you blame me for raising... The issue of the presidential election, so I'll just continue the uh, you know give you some more ammunition. Who among the eight who will be in that debate uh, do you deem to be a prospective leader of the United States and indeed the free world
0: well i i'm not i don't endorse candidates uh, so I kind of like highlight what I look for from any leader right or anyone seeking office from and I want someone who understands the crisis we're in, and has a, a plausible way of dealing with it, or maybe an implausible way, but is willing to work to it by provide work for it by providing leadership. And um, you know, like I was taken with Vivek's. Um, it's not an endorsement of Vivek, but he specifically talked about basically dismantling the FBI, right, and 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 passing out its authorities. To various other federal agencies, and uh, you know whether it passes muster even as a policy, I'm not sure. But I'm like, well, this is the this is the sort of thinking we should be get expecting from all the candidates. What are they going to do to address the crisis where we have federal agencies who think they're above the law, above the Constitution, and outside the um, the review and and authority of the American people. And to me, that's a crisis. And well, of course, we also have a crisis where an entire political party has decided that they can use the powers of the federal government to try to jail and abuse their political opponents. And they've broken the law uh, six ways to Sunday to do that. What are you going to do to make sure that they face consequences? And I haven't heard much of that, frankly, from anybody. And, uh, you know, even President Trump should speak more on that. Uh, I mean, he's spoken generally about it as to what he'd like to see done, uh, but I would, if I were him, I would, I would firm out the details like presidents have the authority, for instance, to appoint special counsels. I think that's what they should be talking about. Um, they should be with respect to the justice department decision making uh, uh, saying that I, they're not going to be doing it without uh, my oversight because they report to me. They they're, they're not a power unto themselves. You know we've got to take back our government from the uh, from the political class and the permanent bureaucracy uh, that, and certainly in the case of the Justice Department, is viciously partisan and liberal.
1: It's it's all of that and, and so much more. Our government right now, I believe, Tom, is in the hands of the Marxist Dems who are in charge of the Democrat Party, who are in charge of this White House. Anyone who thinks that Joe Biden is making profound decisions about national security, domestic policy, uh, cultural issues that uh, cut across our society uh, and will have leave lasting impact uh, for decades to come Uh, is crazy. I mean, absolutely. He's he's he's, you're as crazy as uh, is Joe Biden. If you believe that, you know, Exactly. This is the third term of Barack Obama. Uh, one can argue, do I have proof? No, but I have very good judgment and a strong view of it. Uh, there is no other explanation. Uh, 70 of the first 100 people hired by the Biden administration <laughs> were were from the Obama administration. Uh, Susan Rice uh, is still a, a strong voice and seldom seen uh, and heard, but her, her, her fingerprints are everywhere. Uh, and the list goes goes on. Uh, it, it's just remarkable uh, what the country has acceded to, the national left-wing media, which is corporatist Marxist media. The people won't acknowledge that corporate America is no longer corporate America. It is corporate global and it's marxist it is at the very least amongst those more reserved and modest it is socialist and they are trying to uh, ape uh, their european counterparts primarily and kowtow and pander to uh, their chinese betters at least in their view don't you think
0: yeah, I think we're in a in a revolutionary period here in the United States, um, where uh, uh, these rising communists have taken effective control of these institutions, uh, the Democratic Party, and I don't and, and you know me long enough. I don't really like to get into too many Democrat versus Republican, right. You know, discussions because I I tend to try to stick to the ideology. Uh, but there is a party apparatus here that has decided that. You know, we don't believe in the rules anymore. We don't believe in the Constitution. And we can argue whether they ever did, but that's a political fight. But when they disavow the 1st Amendment, uh, when they attack folks and try to jail them for exercising their 1st Amendment rights, um, when they promote the the mutilation of children through transgender extremist surgeries, mass abortion with tax dollars, uh, racialism, Segregation and separatism, race based decision making and discrimination and embrace that. I mean, when they try to blow up the Supreme Court. You know, and stand aside as people threaten the lives of justices and intimidate them. Uh, you know, this is a very, very dangerous period for the country and, and, and when they try to jail a former president and the leading candidate. You know, that's not America. That's not America. And we're in a post-constitutional period. And I don't think, you know, the positive of this, Blue. and I don't know what you think, I think a little bit of leadership goes a long way. And just a little bit more leadership from the right people in the right positions can go a long way to getting this country back back righted, right? And, and get the republic shored up, get the rule of law implemented. And, you know, you keep on fighting, you know, to constrain government and to protect our liberties. Uh, but we've got to kind of We need a captain to to get us through this crisis and back to safer waters. These are dangerous waters we're in. That's for sure. If you believe in our republic.
1: And I think the question you're you're raising, Tom, tells us it tells us very well and very loudly what our real problems are. Uh, We have a, a a business class in this country uh, oligarchs among them the the most the wealthiest people in this country would be called oligarchs if they were any other country so i called them oligarchs they're american oligarchs but nonetheless oligarchs they are not stepping up not one billionaire has stood up and said you know, we should think about what the, the implications are of this political persecution of Donald Trump, a former president. Uh, what the implications are for our society, for our culture, for, for the good uh, of our young people and the, and their futures. Uh, the rule of law, the constitution and the likelihood that we can preserve a republic in the midst of such an affront against decency and law and our constitution. Not one billionaire. Has stood up and said this is wrong, and the Democrats should step back. Instead, they've been funding every candidate they can find, uh, one after the other, to replace Donald Trump, who is the presumptive nominee without question and the and certainly the the leader of the Republican Party. They have no pr- problem with seven hundred years of prison time facing him, and and after eight years. In which only wrongdoing of the Justice Department, the FBI, the intelligence agency, uh, none has been discovered about the man they've tried to impeach twice, drawn a special counsel and spent years of FBI investigating. Uh, It's just extraordinary to me. Uh, Well, you've accidentally explained why they do what they do. Absolutely. You
0: see what happens when, when one billionaire raises his head, Donald Trump. Why would it's a signal not only to the everyday Americans, but it's a signal to the billionaire class. You raise your head, we'll lop it off. I mean, Elon Musk, you know, tries to make Twitter more free, not exactly completely free in terms of free speech and mm-hmm. such. And, you know, the justice, the, the, all the agencies of the Biden administration start trying to destroy him. And um, so, you know, no billionaire can stand against a government if the government wants to jail him or harass him. And, um, and I think that explains in large measure why the business class is, you know, there's an ideological silliness to a lot of what they do, Uh, but a lot of it is there. They see the government as someone that can destroy them at the drop of a hat. And, you know, unlike politicians and those of us in the political class, they see it literally every day, right? (laughs) Because every business decision they make, certainly for the major companies in this country, both private and and publicly owned, uh, they're dealing with. um, you know, a vicious bureaucrat- bureaucracy, uh, as I said, that's ideological and, and um, partisan. And on top of that, you know, the other issue that we have neglected is the border crisis. Five million have crossed the border, at least illegally, since Joe Biden's taken office. And he's encouraging more. And, you know, that's another great way and effective way to lose your country, mm-hmm. uh, which is to erase its borders. You have no borders. You have no country. And the left has embrace that. And um, I tell you, I I don't know if we can sustain the, the America as we know it much longer. And you know, have we lost it completely? I don't think so. But that's why I I am I I, you know, that's why Judicial Watch is so active. And I know that's why you're so concerned as a patriot that we've got to really take strong action now. Use all the tools available to us in this. Under our glorious constitution and our other rights, uh, to retrieve our republic um, and and to shore it up,
1: Tom Fenton. President of Judicial Watch. Tom, we appreciate you being with us today, and we always appreciate your knowledge, your, your, your insight, and the incredibly critical, important role that Judicial Watch uh, performs as a watchdog over those rights that you speak of and this uh, republic we all, we all love. Thanks for being here, my friend. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Lou. Tom Fenton, great American. Thanks for listening, everybody. Our guest here tomorrow is House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, leading the House investigating committees. His committee has just subpoenaed the Internal Revenue Service and the FBI officials in their investigation of Hunter Biden. Follow me on Truth Social at Lou Dobbs on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And be sure to check out loudobbs.com. Be with us tomorrow for The Great America Show. Until then, thank you, God bless you, and may God bless America.